0: Hello, you're listening to Dragonfly Heart Medicine Radio, a place where like-minded people come together to discuss spirituality, awakening, plant medicine, and more. Hello, everyone, and once again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Dragonfly Heart Medicine Radio. I enjoy having your presence to discuss spirituality, awakening, and, you know, um, entrepreneurship with these spiritual businesses using our gifts, talents, and abilities that we have because the more we're talking about this, the better. We need to you know, unite together to bring forth our messages to each other as well as to the collective consciousness. So I'm going to go ahead and let my guest for today introduce um,
1: himself. So. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah, I've, I've been going by Kaluli. It says here on the screen Carl has... So um, that was my given name for my parents, but clearly was a name that came to me um, in April about of last year. Mm. So yeah, I'm a Reiki master. I um, I do card readings and in t- in intuitive readings. And since I moved to Greensboro, I haven't done this work a whole lot. I've been doing AmeriCorps, mm. driving for Lyft, and teaching guitar.
0: Okay. <laughs> That's funny. You're like my twin, except, I mean, the whole, like, Reiki master thing, intuitive card readings, and it's like that's what we really want to be doing full-time, but then we're doing a few other things, like you're teaching guitar, you're doing lift, I'm tutoring kids after school, you know. So, and your the name Kalili, you said it came to you. So how did that come to you? It's a very, you know,
1: unique name, for sure. Well, I first heard Kalili... I was at a Buddhist, a day long, like Buddhist teaching, and it just popped into my head. And I, I thought it was a little silly. So I just forgot about it. And then um, <laughs> a, a few months later, I had met some folks at another retreat, and they had changed their names and got in like a spiritual name. So it kind of uh, invigorated my. Desire to look into that more, and so when I moved in with my parents last April, um, I was sitting in my room and I made the intention to just find a name that might suit my being better. So I was reading a book called "The tw- I Got It Here: it's, it's The Lessons from the Twelve Archangels," mm. and there's there's meditations in there and things. So Ooh. I've been I just called on angelic help and went into meditation and um, asked for a name. And what I heard and felt in my heart was Kaluli.
0: I love that so much. And there's something, I don't know, maybe it's because I was born with the name Kristen and it starts with a K, but I just really like names that start with Ks. (laughs) And so like I was meditating one day and similarly, like a spiritual name came to me and that's Camila. And I was going with it for, going by it for a while. And then I've switched back to Kristen recently. I don't know why, but yeah. So do you feel like you feel like differently when you are, or after you have taken on the spiritual name of Kaluli? Like, does it have, like feel like, um, because I know for me, it felt like I was almost carrying a different vibration when I was going by that name
1: yeah it depends who i'm with sometimes mm-hmm. you know like my parents still call me carl mm-hmm. a lot of people who have known me for a long time i mean i went by carl for 42 years mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So sometimes i even myself kind of go back to it but when i don't know people and i meet them for the first time and they say kaluli then it, it does feel differently.
0: Mm,
1: mm-hmm. uh, but it kind of depends on how how people say it mm-hmm. sometimes, <laughs> right?
0: Because sometimes you uh, like stumble over it a little bit, I guess.
1: And it's funny I get so many ver- variations of the way people think my name is spoken. <laughs>
0: right,
1: Kalua Kalua. Kah- there you go. One guy I worked with. <laughs> these- He's, he has special needs, and he calls me Kalui, Um oh, so but it's just funny, all the different varieties of the name, and it's brought up a, a lot of fun conversations with this mm-hmm. name. I um, bet so, yeah,
0: um, and so you've said you also drive for Lyft, but you teach guitar lessons, so have you always, like, um, been a musician or have played instruments?
1: Yeah, I started playing the drums when I was in 6th grade and I was I started a a band with my friend. He nice. lived lived in the neighborhood and, and he played guitar and was writing songs and stuff. And so I I learned through him a little bit of guitar, a few chords. Mm-hmm. And then I just my mom bought me a guitar in high school. But music for was like my whole life for a long time until I got tendonitis in high oh, school wow. and fixed it for a little while. And then it came back in college. And um, uh, I, I guess I was kind of done at that point with having that come back up again and, and didn't make a full fledged effort. To really heal it at that point mm, I see so, yeah so I kind of like went off the music route for a while switch programs
0: right and now you're teaching guitar lessons and yeah I love music so much it's very healing um, and I feel like it doesn't really matter what the, the music is you know there's a lot of research and talk on the more like spiritual type of music or like ambient stuff with like the crystal bowls and playing music so you know at different frequencies but um in my experience almost any type of music if that's your intention can be used for for healing purposes for example I never really listened to metal music ever but um my boyfriend is in he has a band and it's a metal band and he likes metal bands and so Um, he invited me to go to a metal show last Friday and I was like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, that's a different kind of genre. Like, I don't dislike it, but I'm not like a huge fan and like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle like that type of energy. And we went and it was like amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. (laughs) Like, cause it's just something about live music. It doesn't really matter for me anyways, like what genre it is. Just seeing people like pouring their heart and soul into whatever it is they're doing just really lights me up. Um, so yeah, what genres of music do you, uh, do you like? And what was your band? What, like, what kind of music did you guys play?
1: Um, well, in college, my band was Barefoot and Dirty.
0: (laughs) Barefoot and Dirty, nice.
1: And we played jam band, original rock, funk. It's kind of a mixture of Mm -hmm. stuff. I was in the ska band. Mm-hmm. Um, like a hard rock band. I was in school bands. Wow. Mm-hmm. I got into jazz a lot, and I was a jazz major for a little while at the University okay. of Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A little variety in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so so do you have to now, or was that something you were able to fully heal?
1: Uh, not fully, no. It still bothers me mm-hmm. from time to time, yeah.
0: That's unfortunate, you know, because I know a friend similarly was playing, you know, this instrument called the Korah and was unable to, after a certain point, continue playing it because he had something going on with like his shoulder. And so that's interesting. Um, But I'm glad that you're at least kind of sort of back into music now you're teaching guitar lessons and what does that feel like to be kind of on the other end of things and instead of being in your own band or doing your own music like teaching people how to play guitar
1: um it's fun i enjoy it i just have like two students now Mm -hmm. but um in their i don't want to say older but i think they feel like learning something new might be a challenge (laughs) um but you know you can learn anything at any point in time
0: yeah Um, most definitely
1: can teaching something always teaches you something like i i'm learning more and more about guitar because i have to prepare and i need to you know Mm, be more knowledgeable um, about it myself so that's been fun
0: Yeah, so awesome. You definitely learn a lot by teaching. You know, I don't feel like there's really any separation between learning and teaching. To teach is to learn. To learn is to teach. And the best way to, you know, see if you know something is to teach somebody else how to do it. I definitely, because I was a high school science teacher for seven years, and that definitely tested my knowledge of a lot of different things, not just science, but how to, you know, explain things that were way up here and bring them down to, you know, the level students which I feel like really helps me now in my line of work where I'm doing you know trainings and workshops because most of the people that come to me are familiar with Reiki and energy work but every now and then I get a few people who have barely even heard of Reiki so finding how to explain it in a way that they understand because they haven't already you know some of them haven't even like received Reiki before so it's like completely new to them. So that's cool. And so what drew you to Reiki?
1: Um, well, when I it was about the time when I was finishing up school, in my undergrad degree, and it hadn't worked out that I would go to teach I applied to be in a teaching program for social studies because that's mm-hmm. what I went, finally fell into after the music thing didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I would teach social studies, but I applied to that program twice and did not get into it. Oh, wow. So I was like, well, <clears throat> I found a book called A Walk in the Woods mm-hmm. and that started my my journey onto the Appalachian Trail. Oh, nice. And after hiking that, I before that I found a book called um, Tibetan Book of Living in, of Living and Dying, and that's mm-hmm. where I first learned about reincarnation and meditation. And so after the trail, I found another book um, by Lee Carroll who channels Kryon, and um, that changed me and so i was getting more into metaphysical things and books that were channeled and sixth sense exercises and things like that so learning about these other spiritual traditions in the new age movement i guess um led me to learning about reiki very
0: cool i just realized i forgot to do something that i normally do like right after you introduce yourself um so I may actually go back and edit this so it like seems like it's at the beginning so it doesn't interrupt the flow of our conversation but we forgot to do two truths and a lie. So I don't know if you had anything ready for that or not. Um
1: I do. Okay.
0: I'm ready whenever you are.
1: Okay. Um let's see, what were they? Um, hmm. mm-hmm.
0: I know right that's why I was like
1: crap we forgot to do it <laughs> well I was born in Buffalo New York um, my best friend died of cancer and I have a younger brother.
0: Hmm. I don't know. See, normally, like I just guess really quick, and I usually get it right. And then I think because we wait <laughs> to like later to play, and I'm all like screwed up. Uh, I'm gonna go with you have a younger brother. Is that the lie?
1: No. Okay,
0: what is true. it?
1: That's ah. true. My best friend died of cancer. Uh,
0: okay, see, I thought, like, I was like, that might be the lie, but that just seems, like, so, per- like, that's a real personal thing, like, I don't, I don't know, I don't even know if I want to even, like, go into that. Okay, interesting, interesting. Well, that's one of the only ones I've gotten wrong, so.
1: I was really Guess working you're a good hard liar? To <laughs> I, was really, I wanted to really... To, to stumbled <laughs>
0: well Bye. you did so congratulations on that <laughs> so you do have a younger brother and you are from new york interesting,
1: interesting yeah and my best friend actually i don't know if he's my best friend anymore but i think he did at one point get testicular cancer but did not die but did not
0: die okay i see see people are starting to be really sneaky and instead of like it being a whole lie it's like a partial lie like i did this thing but for this many years and it's a lie because they've only done it like a shorter time or something like that and i'm like that's sneaky because it's harder to tell if it's a lie because the first part of it's truth. so then i already stopped listening because i can sense that that part's true so i need to up my game man (laughs) all right so two truths and a lie oh yeah and now we're going back to reiki and so you were do you did the appalachian trail and you read some books that just started to kind of shift and change things within you how long were you on the appalachian trail
1: Mm, like six and a half months
0: six and a half months oh my goodness so There's been, not anymore, but several years ago, there was, like, this huge just, like, desire in me to do something crazy like that, to just go back. But, I mean, I had never really done any kind of backpacking or anything, so I was going to start with, like, a weekend, then maybe do a week. But, like, yeah, I just really wanted to just, like, lose myself in, not literally, lose myself in the woods, but, like, (laughs) you know, just, like, get out in nature and just away from things and really, like, go deep. Inside to do a lot of internal work. I ended up Doing it um, a little bit differently like I went to some silent meditations and yoga retreats I worked started working with plant medicine, but yeah There's still a part of me that wants to do something like that So what I mean, I know it was six and a half months so a lot of things probably Transpired but I mean tell us tell us a little bit about what that experience was like for you
1: Uh, Well (laughs) <laughs> there was definitely a lot of tears not a lot mm-hmm. but there were tears so yeah. there there was some uh, some emotional things healing I was with a girl at the time a woman and um, she did not want to go she was my at home support and so she would come and meet me along the way mm-hmm. towns on stops <clears throat> okay maybe that's why you couldn't tell the
0: oh yeah because you're like your face was like black and i'm like i can't even see his eyes how am i gonna know if he's lying or not
1: <laughs> but yeah she helped me get through the trail it was very hard for her sometimes i would call her up mm-hmm. on the on the uh Back then in 2003 is when I hiked the trail, there was still pay phones. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what a pay phone, You know what pay I do know are. what a pay
0: phone is. Okay. <laughs> you don't them
1: anymore. Yeah. You
0: don't. I mean, you know, cell phones and stuff everywhere. You got to borrow a cell phone or go in somewhere and I hope they let you use like their business phone. But yeah, pay phones, like they're just, they just evaporated. Yeah.
1: But um, she would just, I remember her just crying. I was mm. like, oh, man. I'm like, out here having the time of my life, and she's really struggling with me being gone. Yeah. I can understand being on the other end, too, when mm-hmm. someone is off doing their adventure and you're at home, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. <clears throat> waiting it out. It's, it's a lot different. Yeah, um, for sure. But... Um, I'm I'm writing a memoir now, and one of the Mm -hmm. chapters is about the Appalachian Trail. Very cool. So, I
0: guess.
1: Yeah, lots of personal
0: things, I guess, and you
1: know, like you said, just tears and things. And. I did. I shed fifty pounds on the trail. So there Whoa. was that physical aspect of it yeah. where I lost a ton of weight. And then there's the aspect of being away from home and it being hard to leave your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then there's just the, the journey of just hating life sometimes when you're mm-hmm. on the trail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why am I out here? What am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Um, and then there's like getting past the halfway point and it, it's of you know, seeming possible to complete it. And so it was, it was a journey. It was, yeah, it was a sounds fun, like a hell of a, a journey. journey. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so um, how far along are you on your memoir? Is it going to be published soon or is it kind of out in the future?
1: I hope so. I mean, I've got most of the chapters completed I think some of them involve other family members so I kind of mm-hmm. have to like, get the okay right about, you know what I can publish about them <laughs> yeah. in my, right. in my experiences with them
0: mm-hmm.
1: so that's,
0: does it have a title
1: um, I I first called it song and dance
0: mm-hmm
1: a Memoir by Kaluuya. I don't know if I'll keep that title.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, I don't. Have I feel like
0: sometimes to... that's the hardest part about writing a book, a novel, a memoir, is the freaking title. It's like you have no problem writing hundreds of pages, although when it comes to the title, you're like, oh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are you working on writing anything? I
0: am. This is like the 10th attempt, a version of a book, because I do want to write a memoir, but... A lot of the things I've gone through are very intense. And I feel like it was really hard for me to capture that in nonfiction. I would keep trying and trying and I would just keep hitting these really big blocks. So now I'm actually writing like a fiction book that's loosely based on all of these things. So I can weave them into like the characters and the character development and things like that. And it just feels like a safer outlet for me. But um yeah, I've Go back and forth between writing a whole lot and writing nothing. Writing a whole lot and writing nothing. But my goal is to at least finish it this year, whether or not I publish it. It's about vampires. (laughs) Vampires? Yeah. I used to be super into that. My favorite show growing up was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. and It got me through a lot of hard times because it was a really encouraging show about um, empowerment, especially as a woman. And at the time that I was really into it is when I was diagnosed with my uh, thyroid cancer when I was 13. And so like, interestingly enough, you know, there's no coincidences in life. But like before I went into my surgery, Buffy the Vampire Slayer happened to be on TV. And when I woke up, it happened to be on TV again. So I just have a really special relationship with that show. And it inspired me in eighth grade to actually write a vampire book, but it was terrible. Um, just because like my writing style was all over the place as a 13, 14 year old, you know, as to be expected, but I finished a book. Um, and so one day I was reading through it and I was like, I need to like revive this and like give it some life and just like keep a couple of the main story arcs and then just go somewhere completely different with it. So that's what I'm working on right now. And it's been really, really fun to reread that book and go into the mind of my inner child and then try to figure out what she was trying to say and then translate it into, like, my adult voice, so that's Mm. fun. Mm -hmm. How many pages are you looking at for your memoir? Is that going to be, like, a thick book I'm going to be reading,
1: (laughs) because
0: I want to read it.
1: No. It's Mm -hmm. not going to be too thick.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. So, back to Reiki. So, when did you become a Reiki master?
1: Um, 2010.
0: 2010. Okay. So 10 years ago. A whole decade ago. Yeah. And where did you receive your um, training?
1: Um, in Knoxville, Tennessee with Teresa okay. Rich- Teresa Very Richardson. Cool. Yeah.
0: And so um, are you I know you said you're like teaching guitar lessons and doing lifts. So are you actively practicing Reiki on other people right now or taking a break? Like how, what's that like?
1: I'm not, I'm not practicing Mm -hmm. Reiki much with people. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to do quite a bit of trades when I was in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would do healing events sometimes. Um, But here it just hasn't come to really do that as much yet. Mm -hmm.
0: okay so how do you feel that reiki you know being a reiki master has influenced or or changed your life uh, in any in any ways
1: um well it's definitely it's helped me to learn about energy Mm -hmm. and like with the tendonitis it's a lot better now it's much more manageable you know I can play guitar and pretty much be fine Um, and when some pain kind of does come up like usually pretty daily in the morning I will just kind of do like an energy read of my own body and, um, and see if there's any blockages and things like that so that's one technique that I use to just daily Tune into Reiki for myself. Um, but it's, I mean, when I started going through that training, it was like an emotional, another emotional cleanse.
0: Right. A lot of people don't realize what they're really getting into when they go on the journey to become a Reiki master. They're like, oh, I'm going to learn about energy and do energy healing. And I'm like, yes, but it starts with you. So buckle your seatbelt, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that, that woman that I was with for 12 years, it didn't last much longer after I became a Reiki master. Really? That's it kinda, interesting. It started around the Appalachian Trail, actually, because I had changed a lot and um, kind of going in a different direction than mm. she was. Mm. And she wasn't into the metaphysical stuff, and I yeah, couldn't let I it's that hard. go.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. It's, it's hard to start to go into that realm and to start living from that place and have a partner who just isn't there. And, and, you know, in that that same mind state, it creates a lot of, you know, tension and like misunderstandings. And yeah, it can be hard for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do you feel like, you know, with your, you know, being a Reiki master and you also do like card readings and, Things like that. What do you feel like is your purpose? What, like, what, why are you here on Earth?
1: Mm. Well, I was just—I was telling you about crying on Lee Carroll, mm-hmm. and I had the flu. I feel much better now, but I've had some mm-hmm. downtime, and I watched um, Lee Carroll's interview with Greg Braden, and it's like an up close and personal series about their life. Are you still okay? It says I uh, haven't. Oh,
0: your connection is... Well, now it says... I can see you. Oh, no.
1: Yeah, it's still good. Okay. Um, well, anyway... Yeah, your connection keeps Greg turning Brayden. like yellow
0: and red like it's going in and out or something like that. Okay. But um, it should be fine.
1: Greg Braden. I don't know his work too well. I've read stuff here and there, but I have Kindle, and I downloaded a free sample of his book. He was -hmm. talking about that, who we are and why are we here today. Maybe I was preparing for this um, interview in some way. Yes, you were. (laughs) He was was asking himself that question because he had undergone a treatment for cancer that miraculously was healed. Once he got diagnosed with it, and the doctor was like, "How did this happen?" and he kind of told him what he did, and Greg didn't even think it was possible that he could have that kind of effect on himself. Wow. Yeah. um But the doctor was asking him, you know, "Why? Why are you here?" But he was asking him in the way like, "How are you alive? Why are you here?" <laughs> right? Instead, um, the
0: that more philosophical, like, deep, "Why are you
1: here?" You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, But like when I moved to Greensboro just last year, um, things kind of propelled me this way because things in Knoxville weren't going so well in some ways and, I don't know. So I talked to an an astrologer, my friend, and she was like, you know, you should do some work where you can help people, maybe work with the homeless you know, homeless population and things like that. And I was like, okay, because that that had kind of been on my mind to do that. I was always kind of repelled sort of by it, like just people who are homeless. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, but then I looked into the AmeriCorps program and I was like, all right, I'm going to do this partnership to end homelessness. And they accepted me into that. But I'm actually not working with people who are homeless. I'm working with adults with disabilities and i have a master's degree in special education and work with kids with Mm. disabilities um so i wasn't intending to go to do that again but it came back again so i think that's one reason is to kind of combine i guess that love i have for healing with reiki in a way where i work with Adult disability, like I'm specifically with them, but I think working with people with special needs is kind of like a healing um, avenue for myself and working with them. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's cool though that you are, you know, pursuing that that avenue because there are so many individuals out there with special needs who need support and people who are coming from a more loving and compassionate place. Because even when I was a high school science teacher and we had students with special needs, some of the the EC teachers were still like rude to them and like not Mm -hmm. coming from a place of love and compassion. And it's like, why are you even an EC teacher if you don't have love and compassion for these kids? Because, I mean, everybody needs love and compassion. But, you know, especially, you know, if you have special needs and you're already such a sensitive soul to begin with, (laughs) you know, so it makes me feel good to know there's people out there like you and especially, you know, supporting those as adults because a lot of people get a lot of support when they're younger and then they're adults and it's like, oh, you're an adult now, figure it out. And it's not always, you know, the case for people. Some people need a lot of support in various different areas throughout their lives. Or hell, I even need support as a person who doesn't quote-unquote have the documentable special needs, I guess. But, you know, I feel like we're supposed to be more in a community and and helping each other through various different things in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so other than... Reiki, are there any other things you have like in your your spiritual toolkit that you use on a daily basis, or maybe even some things you have in there that you do, like some heavy hitters, some things you pull out when times are really, really rough for you that you um, feel like could help others?
1: (laughs) That could help others? Mm -hmm. Um... Or things well, that you do
0: that other people might find beneficial.
1: I mean, meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, just going for a walk in the woods.
0: Yes, that's um, my favorite thing. It's the quickest, easiest way to just like connect and get grounded and be like, ah, take a breath.
1: <laughs> I have crystals. I, I work with mm-hmm. crystals sometimes. Okay. Usually when I'm doing like um, Reiki sessions. Okay. Um, I never really connected with crystals until one day I did. <laughs> My friend <laughs> they just um, showed up. Yeah, like didn't like um like feel them. I had a, a friend she went to Arkansas, I think, and went crystal mm-hmm. mining and brought back a bunch of crystals okay. and gave me one. And I took it home and just held it in my hand and that was the first time that I really felt a crystal, like the energy mm-hmm. within it. I was like, wow. I'm-
0: you mean there's energy in there? It's not just a rock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the response I get from most people. Why do you have so many rocks? I'm like, because I like them. <laughs> and they feel nice and they do cool things. <laughs> So, yeah,
1: what are some of your favorite crystals? Um, Well, I have this amethyst. I have another amethyst that's put away. I should pull it out. Um, I have some rose quartz that's pretty nice. I don't know that I have a favorite crystal. I tend to sometimes grounding crystals are really nice to have. Um, What is it? Mm. It's like a a metal. It's like almost a heavy metal one.
0: Mm.
1: It's Yeah, there's a um, hematite or... Hematite. Hematite Yeah, I really like
0: that one. It's very
1: grounding for sure. You
0: put, like, I had a bracelet that was hematite once and, like, sometimes it was almost, like, too grounding and it would just, like... I don't. I don't really know how to describe it, but I would have to. I couldn't wear it all day, like I can like Labradorite or Rose Quartz. Like I would have to take it off sometimes. It was like affecting me in some weird ways, and like I don't. I don't even know how to attach and explain it. But I guess there's just such a thing as too grounding, <laughs> or, or something. I don't know. Yeah. So
1: yeah. yeah, I
0: like amethyst too. It's a good one. Purple's my favorite color, but then I also just like like amethyst. So, yeah. so yeah, uh, we're getting close to the end, time-wise, of this interview. Went kind of fast. Um, is there anything else you feel called or compelled to share before we end things?
1: Um, I guess just uh, you. I don't know if I completed that life. Why are you here? <laughs> oh, I don't. Know, I don't know if I cut you off
0: or like what, but yeah, sure.
1: Come no, back no, not, to that. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that way. I gave you oh, no, a
0: pretty,
1: <laughs> pretty long answer to that question. Um, I, I, I guess another idea I had is I think it was just be, it's being an example. Mm-hmm. Like I always want to do other things, and I'm always not the best example.
0: <laughs> <Hey>, but... <bye. laughs> Yeah, we need more people walking the walk and not just talking the talk. That's for sure.
1: No. I think music is, is really a big part of my life, too. It's fun to do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: But in working with animals. Mm-hmm. Animals like, are great. I like my pets.
0: Yes. Yeah, I was having a really rough week and my dog lives with my parents right now because I can't have pets where I rent. And I went to visit her and it was just like instantly I felt so much better and my vibration and energy shifted. And like even the next day when I woke up, I like felt awesome. And I was like, oh, yeah, pets are really, really great. Like they help me ground and they just, you know, are constantly radiating that unconditional love, and so you can't help but feel loved when you're around puppies and children, you know, or any animals that are just, you know, they don't, they're not worried about stupid crap that we are. (laughs) They're just, like, fully present with what's going on. It's a good reminder to be present as well. Mm -hmm. All right, well, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. This has been so so fun to to get to know people um, meet new people through the internet because it's just a tool and some people are like oh the internet's evil but I mean anything can be evil it depends on what you use it for and I've really enjoyed connecting with so many like-minded individuals and having them to be guests on my podcast because actually most of the people I've interviewed so far are people I've just met like within the past six months um, to a year on Facebook, I've only had a couple people who are actually like people that I knew before I started doing the podcast. So, that's been cool. So thank you for reaching out and for doing this with me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and if you want, um, you can email or message me um, any any contact information you have. If you you know, there's a way for people to get in contact with you. I don't know, like email or. You know whatever people have questions or maybe if you get that book published you know i can always go back and, and add information to that or i don't know do you have a blog or
1: anything do have a blog yeah
0: okay so we can link to the to the blog i thought i remembered you posting some things on there so all right thanks everybody for listening until next time